In today's show, we look back at Tuesday's action, an update on Jaden McDaniels, Jared Allen, Michael Porter Jr., and some bloke called Kyrie Irving dropping 60 points. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out PricePicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got four games to talk about. Some pretty interesting news across the NBA as well. So, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Some news. Michael Porter Jr. may be returning. Jamal Murray has been sent with the G League team to warm. I don't think we, he's coming in the regular season. I said that already on the injury show. But the report was that Porter hasn't gone to the G League with Murray and that his return is closer. And according to Ryan Blackburn, he said it might be as early as next week. Now, people are jumping all over that statement. Next week. He's back next week. Maybe. Maybe, all right? So next week is, is a, it's at least five days away. So that's five days of zeros in your lineup if you pick him up. Um, next week does not mean return on Monday. It might mean a return on Monday. It doesn't mean that it's happening on Monday if he comes back. In fact, the Nuggets don't play until Tuesday. They have Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday games next week. So three games next week. If he misses one of those, it's a two-game week. Is he going to be at full minutes in that first week back after four months off due to back surgery? Absolutely not. So I don't think, again, I don't think it's worth a grab to get zeros all week, reduce your streaming slot. Yeah, sure. If you've got an injury reserve and it's open, always the case. Add him. No worries. Fine. But is Michael Porter Jr. going to come in, maybe play one game next week, maybe play zero, best case plays three, is he going to be a difference maker for your team or using that spot to stream and get six games worth out of one roster spot? There's a lot of quality games next week. Is that going to be more worthwhile? And the answer is not the Michael Porter Jr. side. So when it comes down to it, it's just about what you think the risk is. Is it going to pay off? I think it isn't. But, you know, we could be wrong. This is not him returning next game. It's not him returning in two days. It's a minimum five days, maybe nine days, maybe 14 days, maybe longer. I wouldn't bother with it in fantasy playoffs. One I would bother with is the Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Um, Ananobi, we, heard, we knew today he was going to get evaluated and he was going to practice with the thought that maybe he plays through the finger injury. So he's been upgraded to doubtful for tomorrow. This means he's not likely to play, but it means his return is pretty close. 
Yeah, much closer than Michael Porter Jr.'s, for example. So Ananobi, if he is on my waiver wire, I can deal with a zero tomorrow. There's 12 games on. Someone else will fill that slot. I can even deal with a zero on Friday. That's the Raptors' next game. And then you would expect, being doubtful today, that Ananobi plays Sunday and then plays Monday and then he's ready to go. And it's because it's because it's his finger. There's going to be no minutes restriction. So I'd be adding him if he was available. One bloke that I would do the opposite of add is Jaden McDaniels. Sprained his ankle in the last 40 seconds of yesterday's game. Probably shouldn't have been out there, to be honest. Um, he is going to be reevaluated in two weeks. The word is that maybe this is a month-long injury. There is no, absolutely zero reason to hold. He's not good enough, even if you had an injured reserve slot, he's not good enough to hold that spot. He is not going re reevaluated in two weeks, not be back in two weeks. In two weeks, they'll have a look at it and go, how much longer? So this is minimum, there's four weeks left in the season. This is minimum three, I would guess. Just see you later. Now, I don't know about Jared Vanderbilt by whether he's going to play. He's questionable for tomorrow, but this obviously helps him. And you might get some short-term stream out of Torian Prince. They play Wednesday. So if Vanderbilt does play and it's a low-minute day, you can just put him on the bench. And then they play again Saturday. So I would be adding Vanderbilt if he was available. I would consider Prince. But the fact that Vanderbilt might play tomorrow is going to limit Prince, but there's still value in both of those guys. McDaniels, unfortunately, we go drop him. One that confused me today is we've got news about Jared Allen, the report coming out saying that Allen has decided not to undergo surgery and there is hope that he will return before the playoffs for his finger. And multiple people asked, hey, do I, we must rush to go grab Jared Allen now. And I just looked at this and went, this isn't good news. I mean, it's sort of good news, but it's not good news. Yes, not having surgery helps. I never thought he was having surgery because if he was having surgery, he would have already had surgery is my thought. What I thought maybe there was a week to two weeks before Jared Allen comes back. The fact that they think he, he's hopeful he might return before the playoffs makes me think he's not playing this week. He's not playing next week. And he's not playing the week after. Maybe you get him back the 3rd of April, 4th of April, best case. That's what this report says to me, which is a shit report. It's not a good report. It's not great news, I don't think. And so people heard this, no surgery, we rushed to pick him up. Again, maybe I am dead wrong on this, but the fact that it is not even certain that he returns for the playoffs does not give me hope that he's going to be back in the next 10 days. So, yes, he is a much better option than Michael Porter Jr. in terms of a player because you're not rehabbing from a back injury. It's a broken finger. So once he's ready, he's ready. Right? That, that part of it's fine. It's just that I don't think he's out there in two weeks. From if you are still, you know, maybe you're back, that's four weeks away and you're still not certain you're going to be back in those four weeks. That is not a positive update to me. My Maybe my expectation was different to everyone's. I thought he'd be back 10 days from now. I thought in 10 days we'd have him back. 20th of March, 24th of March, maybe he'd be back. We'd get him around that time, maybe. But this doesn't tell me that at all. This tells me well into April. You know, 4th, 5th, April, maybe. Maybe, even then, maybe he's back and rehabbing through the play-in tournament uh, time in that you know, 12th or 13th of April zone. This does not give me the life that it has given some where, where people are thinking that he's a must-add player now based on this. He is because he's Jared Allen. Like, his value is there. But this is, I don't think, and if you uh, disagree with that, drop it in the comments below. Tell me. This is not, for me, 
a it could have been worse, but it is not a positive update on Jared Allen and his finger. But if you want a positive update on ways that you can use your knowledge, when you go to Price Picks, have you heard about Price Picks? If not, I'm going to tell you about it. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. What you do is you pick two to five players. And you just look at their individual stat projections, whether that's a points or rebounds or assists or steals or blocks, whatever it is. And you just say over or under. Smoosh those four, to three to four, two or five, whatever it is, number of players. I don't know all my numbers are all over the place. Between two to five players. Smoosh them together in a lineup and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. And it doesn't just have to be basketball. You can do other sports in that one entry as well. Pricepix entries are safe, they're fast, and the withdrawals are so simple to do. So we've also got another offer for you. Limited time offer. Yeah, 50 bucks for free. If a player in your first price picks entry scores a single point, how hard's that? You must use the code NBA though. That's right. It's an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA. 50 bucks for free. If a player in your first price picks entry scores a single point, price picks is daily fantasy made easy. Let's go and look at the top added players over the last 24 hours and the top drop players as well, straight after that. Top added player is Drew Eubanks. Now, the update for Portland was that Justice Winslow is questionable to play tomorrow. What his role is, I've got no bloody idea, but it does indirectly impact Eubanks because if Winslow's playing at the four, it means Watford's playing few minutes at the four and probably cuts into Eubanks' time at the five. Now, I still think that Eubanks is a good ad and he's the most added player here. Watford up 7% as well. I think he's a strong ad too. Markel Fultz up 22%. We'll talk about that later. Um, wasn't particularly useful today, but with the value of playing on Thursday... Yep, makes sense to me. Nick Claxton up 17%. He was all right today. It's pretty good. And that's a great stream for a Tuesday. That's about it, though. Najee Marshall up 16 Well, we'll talk about that one later. It was worth a flyer. I'm not sure it's going to work out. Jackson Hayes up 13%. Not really sure why Jackson Hayes was available in that many spots. But yes, he is a 12-team league guy. Um, Alf Stewart up 12%. Yeah, I get it. And especially with the pissing schedule. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. That's that's a real positive. His production may not be great, but the, the value's there. Baisley up nine. Yeah, I like it, but are we actually playing tomorrow? Maybe. Brandon Clark was a good ad for today. Watford's a good ad. And JaVale McGee. I think a lot of people added him for the back-to-back -back without realizing that they probably won't use him on the back-to-back. -back. But they will use him today. So that's enough there. So some solid enough ads across that list. In terms of the top drop players, Isaiah Roby down 30%. Yeah, <laughs> fine. Olivier Saar's got that job apparently now. And we just can't trust Roby. Um, Beasley down 16%. No problem. Jaden McDaniel's down 14 Yeah, he needs to be dropped everywhere. Austin Reeves down 9%. He was only like a stream option anyway. Johnny Collins down 8 It's a lot for me. I would still hold Collins. Again, he plays Wednesday, Friday. These are games where you can absorb zeros. So I, I would I would hold. I know it doesn't look good because his finger's swollen and people freak out about that shit. I think it'll be okay. John Isaac down seven. I can't believe there were people still holding on until they got the news today. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, that that amazes me. Montrez Howell down seven percent. Yeah, he's a clear drop. Gallinari down six. No problem. Goga down six. We didn't even play today. And then KJ Martin down six percent. Yeah, no problem. He's just a stream option. Um, and now Tate's back, so he's going to impact what he does. He wasn't that good, even though he played more minutes than Tate in the last game. So uh, no problem with dropping KJ Martin there. Let's go into the games. Let's talk about it. First game. First two were gigantic ass kickings. Memphis beat the Pacers one thirty five one oh two. A gigantic ass kicking. Um, there was no Jar Morant. Didn't matter. 
Des Bain, in 23 minutes, had 21 points. He also had six assists. He hit four threes. He had two steals and a block. He was hyper-efficient. He was great. Like He was awesome. There's no doubt about that. Um, Jaron Jackson played 21 minutes. 19 and 8, two steals and three blocks. Continues to be really good. My man, the wave pool. 28 minutes, 18, 3 and 6, three steals and four triples. And while you might think that I'm going to lift this desk up while my hands are up in the air, I'm not. Because I know that D'Anthony Melton could be good. I know that D'Anthony Melton can go out there and can put up fantasy stats. But I also know that Ja Morant wasn't here. And Melton will probably play 16 minutes next game. So I'm not getting excited. Stream him today? Sure. Didn't expect this much from him. But I'm not going to get overly hopeful that it's going to mean anything moving forward. Tyus Jones shot poorly. Eight points on 27%. But he added those 10 assists. That's why you streamed him in. I don't think Morant's absence is going to last more than today. Well, Dylan Brooks... Oh, this bloke. He's easy annoys the shit out of me. 10 points in 24 minutes, 25% shooting. At least he took 12 shots, the same amount as Desmond Bain. Um, two more guys took shots in him. Well, sorry, two guys took more shots in Jackson and Melton, which is good, but he can't help himself. 25%, one rebound, 67%. I still think you've got to add him, especially in points leagues, but this is the problem. You've got to be able to absorb the poor field goal percentage because he just does not know how to not shoot. That's what he does. He's frustrating. He annoys the shit of me. Memphis fans love him. Hey, he's the, they call him the villain, which, yeah, he is the villain if he's antagonizing your own team. I don't know why I said that word, antagonizing, so weirdly then. He just... Uh, I'd be calling him the mole if I was a Memphis fan. Um, Steve Adams had 13 and 13 in 23 minutes on 86%. His rebounds have been a massive, massive strength this season. The paces were without Goga. So they went back to their usual-ish starting lineup with Brogdon and Halliburton next to Heald. Halliburton struggled. Four points on 22%. That's shit house. He did have eight assists, so that helps. While Brogdon had 12, 4, and 5. But this game was over so early. O'Shea Brissett was bad. Like, he just is not a good player. He is not a 12 or a 14 or probably even a 16-team league guy. 7 and 4 on 25%. While Duarte played 18 minutes. 5 and 3. Sorry to break it to you guys. Chris Duarte is not very good. At this point, I know people really frothed him early in the season. I I am just, and maybe this is some of my bias, I'm just way down on him as a player and as a prospect. And when Brogdon's playing, there is no reason that you need to have him in a 12-team format. You just, you just don't. Like, he's just not good enough for that. Dwayne Washington added in 13 points, but you don't need to roster him. While Isaiah Jackson fouled out 9-7, and seven, but still brought the two blocks. Keep holding him. Jalen Smith, 15-8. and eight, Rough from the line, but good numbers nonetheless and should be a 12-team league player. And Budrick had 14-7-2. That's Bud Heald. Well, the Red Rooster. 27 minutes for Terry Taylor. 14-8 and eight with two blocks. Good game from Tez. Wouldn't bother with him outside of 20s. And if Goga is back, I'm not even sure Terry plays. Like, he's just not going to have that sizable role that he had earlier on when everyone was out. But everyone's not out anymore. And there's three to four blokes ahead of him in the rotation. So don't get too excited about it. But you can. You can get excited about this bloke. Kyrie Irving led the Brooklyn Nets to a 150-108 win over the Magic. Kyrie played 35 minutes and casually had 60 points. Second 60-point game in consecutive days. Eight rebounds, six... Sorry, eight threes, six rebounds, four assists... Four steals and a block, 65 from the field, 92 from the line, 87 fantasy points. It's just a monstrous, monstrous performance. Of course, that's it for him for the week. He's done. He's going to miss the next three games, so that's you know, sick. Um, 
What do you do in the playoffs if you don't have IL plus and you can't st- stash in there? That's five days with no games from that roster spot. Obviously, he is a top 10 player on a per-game basis. He's sixth this season. But it can can you actually deal with zeros for the rest of the week? Obviously, the good thing is, on a Wednesday and a Friday, yeah, you, you know, although he's not... Oh, he is scheduled to play tomorrow, or the, the Nets are playing, is that you can you deal with zeros on those days. But I... Yeah, I'm happy. I'd happily drop someone who's a 50 ranked player or a 60 ranked player. The sixth ranked guy, the best player in the last two weeks. I'd find it pretty hard to drop, knowing that we can get these games occasionally, and I just try and stream my ass off around that roster spot to get value in. It's tough though. 19, five and seven for Durant. While Bruce Brown had 10, or actually back to Kyrie. If you didn't trade him, knowing what his schedule was like, you know, months ago. I don't think you can justify dropping him now. Bruce Brown, 10-5-8, and eight, two steals and a block. Yeah, look, as long as Simmons is out, he's got value. Well, Claxton had 12-10 and 10 in 24 minutes, and the big avocado played only 18 minutes. Had some foul trouble, Andre Drummond did, had 10-6. and six. He is probably a 12-team league guy, but when Aldridge plays, nope. When Simmons is back, no way. I just don't see it for him. Claxton, as I said, 12-10. and 10. Millsy had 15 points, all from three, and then nothing else. 15 points, five triples, no, no other stats at all. And not a 12-team league guy, nor is Dragic, who had 20 minutes for zero points. I know Goran Dragic is going to play these next three games without Kyrie. That doesn't mean you need to roster him. You won't use him tomorrow. And then you've got two more games. And will you even use him in those games? Is he going to be worthwhile? He's a guy that, even in the last couple of years, in 28 minutes a night, hasn't been a 12-team league player. Well, you won't even use him on Friday either. So you won't use him again this week. Which, again, makes the Kyrie absences frustrating, but not backbreaking. Because he sits on your bench on those days when you have a full roster anyway, most likely. So it's not backbreaking to have him there. For the Magic, uh, it's pretty rough. But on the good side of things, Flammy Mo Wagner. Wagner, 22 minutes, 17 and 11. He has been unbelievably efficient with high usage this year. At times, outplaying guys like Mo Bamba. And on Thursday... Only one other team plays. So why not? If Wagner's available, why not? I think there is something there. Cole Anthony had 19, 4, and 7, while Wendell had 18, 7, and 4. Good numbers there. While Franz Wagner broke out of a bit of a slump, 16 points. Still only had one rebound and shot 39%. This was the dud that was coming for Fultz. 20 minutes, 5 points on 14%. He'd been shooting a number which was way too high. He still brought a steal and had two blocks and had three assists. And that 15 assists per 100 possessions, which I talked about, a show the other day that was on a show the other day. It was not going to have a chance of continuing, and it didn't. But the reason we have Fultz this week is for the schedule. After that, we move on. Same with Jumra Kiki, who you know, not really doing much, but played 30 minutes, nine points, three threes, and a block. But we still hold because of the schedule. And Bumba played just 17 minutes due to foul trouble, and again, we hold because of the schedule. I don't even know if it's worth holding Roderick Hampton, though. It probably is, but 31 minutes, six points. He just is not good. He's just not a good player at this stage. Suggs, I would expect to miss another game. I think you can drop him okay. But again, you don't need to make that decision tomorrow because it's Wednesday and you're going to have a full roster most likely. So you can wait to see if there's an update because if Suggs plays on Thursday, then there is some value in that. So maybe just hold off. Well, Terry Ross had two points in 10 minutes and Gary Harris was a DMPCD as they continue just to alternate Ross and Harris 
in and out of the lineup to preserve their, I don't know, old asses for, for whatever they need to preserve them for as we move forward. But, but, I'm going to tell you about one of my favorite things in the world. It's Built Bar. I don't know, what's, I don't know what I like more, eating Built Bars or telling you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Have you had it? If not, why not? Candy bar. You know what a candy bar is. I hope you do. They taste great, but they're bad for you. They're full of sugar, full of fat, and low in protein. A Built Bar is high in protein. It's low in carbs. It's low in calories, and it's low in fat, and they taste delicious. Plus, they've got those puffs as well now. Protein-infused marshmallowy goodness. So, head to Built.com, look at all the flavors available, and use our code LOCKED15, and you will save 15% off your order. Built Bar is built different. All right, let's go to the next game. The Detroit Pistons, they kept it close against the Heat, but ended up losing 98-105. There was no Cade Cunningham, but Isaiah Livers went off. And I feel like he has got the spot in the rotation over Kelly Olynyk. 32 minutes, 16-6 and six with four triples on almost perfect shooting, 6 of 7. He won't play this much most nights. They just had no guards available. No Cade, no Diallo, no Jackson, no Saban Lee. And then we had Magruder hurt his hamstring, Corey Joseph getting in foul trouble, and Killian Hayes getting in foul trouble. So there were extra minutes where they played extra big. But he played 32, and Olenek played 13. If you're streaming for Thursday, Livers might be the go. Hayes, in his first game back, played way more than I expected. 30 minutes, 9 points, 8 assists. Do I trust Dwayne Casey? Of course we don't. We don't at all. But value in streaming. Elf Stewart played 22 minutes in his first game back, had some foul trouble, had 8 rebounds and 2 blocks, missed all 5 of his shots. He will obviously be better than that. He's just a fringe 12-team league guy, but we love the stream for the two more games this week. Well, Jeremy Grant had 22, and Bagley still played 30 off the bench. And again, this is partly because of how big they had to play. 13-6 and six with two blocks. Hold Bagley because of the schedule. After that, we move on. Bay continues to really struggle. 13 points on 33%. He hit a three very late and had six assists, which has been an improving part of his game. While Scooter Magruder played 20 minutes and started, of course, because why wouldn't you want to start Corey Joseph and Rodney Magruder as your backcourt? But to be fair, they didn't have many other options. Oh, they could have, you know, played Saban Lee, but they decided in their wisdom to send him to the G League, so that makes lots of sense, of course. For the Heat. For the Heat. Because he's my butler. General Saunas had to leave the game after 18 minutes of action. Sprained his ankle, Jimmy Butler did. He's got one more game this week. Does he even play that game? I've got no idea. This bloke... I can't wait for... He's going to love paying him $53 million when he's 36 years of age. It's going to be so good. He's going to have the best contract in the NBA. It's already a disgustingly bad contract. And it's going to keep getting worse and worse. He, he, and, he and to make matters worse, he shot 22% in the minutes he was out there. Butler started out the season strong. But just so many maladies have befallen him this year. Now with him out, Max Struess went crazy in the fourth quarter. 16 points in 16 minutes. Gabe Vincent started the second half, went scores. I Starting Vincent doesn't make much sense to me. He's a point guard, and next to Lowry, it doesn't make much sense. Struess in there is an option, or Caleb Martin's the other one, although he is out. If you wanted to stream in Struess for their one more game this week, remember, it's just one more game, though, so not a must-add. Um, Struess could be the guy. Hero, another great scoring night on big usage, 29-5-4, and four, and Adebayo had 16-8 and eight with four fouls, which limited him somewhat. Lowry still can't score, missed all three of his shots. Had six points, all from the line, but some really rough stuff from Kyle. He's outside the top 200 over the last two weeks, and he's really struggling. You still got to hold him, 
But there's only one more game. And is it worth... I, mean, I say you've got to hold him, but maybe you don't. Because they play Friday when there are 12 games on. So, in order... I could get players in that roster spot to play Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Versus Kyle Lowry putting up two shots on a Friday. Would I even start him? If you were, wouldn't start Kyle Lowry on Friday, you have to consider dropping him. Yeah, Hero and Adebayo, you have ahead of him. And that's why adding Struess or Robinson or Vincent or any of these guys, it doesn't really make any sense. Just, again, no offense to the bloke, but if you're holding Victor Oladipo... Get that garbage out of here! Is this it? Is this what you want? Two points in 16 minutes? I'm not saying this is what you're going to get from Michael Porter, but it's what you're going to get from Michael Porter. Like, we... Fantasy basketball people, sports people in general, they love a name. I remember when Victor Oladipo... In 2017, took me to a title. Yeah, that's cool, but it doesn't mean jack shit on March 15th, 2022, when he's playing 17 minutes and still you know, not doing anything. It doesn't matter that he used to be good five years ago. It doesn't matter that Michael Porter Jr. had a good stretch last year. That was before he had a back injury and hasn't returned yet. It doesn't matter that Brook Lopez um, was a top 70 guy two years ago. He's had his back fused together with all the bullshit he had done. Like, it, it doesn't actually matter. But we remember the names. Oh, guys, Tyreek Evans coming back. Is he worth an ad? Like, a fucking course not. <laughs> and I'm getting fired up. And part of it's just because I have fun doing it. But you don't need to have Victor Oladipo on a roster. You just don't need to. I think it's a gigantic waste. Hey, if you disagree with me, a, don't really give a fuck. B, drop in the comments. Let me know. We all have opinions on stuff, and I'm going to be wrong on plenty of stuff all the time. But I just, this is something I'm going to be always passionate about, is blokes coming back from you know year-long, six-month-long absences on things that are lower body who have struggled anyway before that. I'm just not taking the risk on them. And I think most of the time, it'll, it'll work out in my favor. Most of the time. Sorry, I don't know why I got so fired up then. So let's do the last game of the night. The Suns win this one pretty comfortably. 131-115 over the Pelicans in New Orleans. Devin Booker only played 30 minutes and had 27-5-8 with two steals. Awesome. Or campaign, I don't think he scored in the first quarter, but ended up with 14-3-8 with three steals on 83%. If he's not rostered in your league, I don't know what you're doing, but he needs to be rostered. Bridges had 20 points, still in a block, and eight and only played 23 and had eight and 18 and 5. And McGee, 19 and 6 in 21. Great stream for today. But if you've got him, not sure you're going to use him tomorrow, so maybe look for guys on Thursday if he's on your roster. Uh, not a great night from Jay Crowder, but he still had four assists and three threes. Didn't do huge amounts, but this team didn't need to do huge amounts. In fact, they played Tory Craig 28 minutes and Aaron Holiday 22, who had two, six, and three. Just a comfortable victory with the big names firing up and doing exactly what they needed to do. And by big names, names I mean campaign, of course. On to the Pelicans. We got the return of CJ McCollum. He was pretty efficient, 21-5-9, apart from missing both of his free throws, which has been a problem for him this year. Herb Jones also went off, 22-5, three steals and three threes. Obviously, is a 12-team category league guy. Points, this is good. I'm not sure he's that guy, though. Well, Valanciunas had 17-12. and 12. They did move Najee Marshall to the bench, so you can go ahead and um, jack him. Get that garbage out! And they started Graham next to McCullum. Now, Devontae played 28 minutes, had 10, 5, and 7. And of course, he pissed on your field goal percentage. He'll always do it. He's always going to do this. But until Ingram comes back, 
he's at least worth holding on to for volume. He may have started, he may not. He's going to get cooked eventually. But while Ingram is out, you can hold. I liked a little bit what I saw from Trey Murphy again, 11 points with three threes. Well, Jackson Hayes had 16 and four in his 31 minutes and remains a 12-team league guy while Ingram is out. That may change when Ingram is back, but it's working all right at the moment for him. Jose Alvarado, yep, the seven assists are nice to stream in, but as a 12-team league guy, bye-bye. He peaked last game when he had 10 of six and six, six steals, but with McCullum back, that put the end to his value, same as it did with Najee Marshall. Let's look at the lines of the night now. Well, no prizes for guessing who the uh, monstrous was. That's Kyrie. Your waiver wire is DeAnthony Melton. Um, your young gun is Des Bain. And your dart of the night is Chris Duarte. Top 10 players today. Nine category leagues. Number one, of course, is Kyrie Irving. Then Devin Booker, Desmond Bain, Cameron Payne. Herb Jones, Valanchunas, Jaron Jackson, DeAnthony Melton, Wendell Carter Jr. and Tyler Hero. Top 10 of blokes rostered under 50%. Melton, great today. Sure. Don't think it's going to happen with Morant back. I wouldn't buy it. Isaiah Livers, hmm, interesting. Stream for Thursday. Absolutely a stream for Thursday. The Red Rooster, Terry Taylor, not buying on it. McGee, yeah, but no. Um, John Conchar, no. Kessler Edwards, not really. Mo Wagner, yes. Good stream for Thursday. Killian Hayes, yes. Good stream for Thursday. Struess would be a maybe, but it's one game. It's Friday. Is it worth it? The answer is no. Unless we hear that Butler's out for the year, which I don't think we will, but unless we hear that, then I wouldn't bite on Struess. And same with Dwayne Washington. Don't really care for that one. In terms of points leagues, top 10 players today, Kyrie, then Booker, Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain, Tyler Hero, Jonas Valanciunas, DeAnthony Melton, CJ McCollum, Kevin Durant, and the Shark, Bruce Brown. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, why don't you thumb it up and leave your comments down below? Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.